You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pets Mean Business. I'm Jamie Migdal. I'm your very happy, engaged, wonderful host. No, I'm actually not any of those things, but no, I'm actually all of those things. And I'm also really happy to be with you today and talking about all the things that are pets and pet industry and entrepreneurship and empowerment and and just striving for greatness. That is really, I know that's kind of an overused word sometimes, but I really think that part of what the pet industry is doing right now, it is striving for greatness, both from the entrepreneurship side, the technology side, from people who are writing books and developing products, all of the things that people do in the pet industry that truly amaze me every day. It really does. It's kind of a it's kind of overwhelming when I start to sit back and take a look at the ecosystem that the pet industry has become. And it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And that's really why I took this awesome opportunity when it was presented to me to create this show, which is called Pets Mean Business, meaning that Pets are great. Pets are our family. Pets are, for many of us, are a big, enormous part of our world. But there's also an economy behind the pets. So much to the number of $60 billion. So we are reaching, uh, in the pet industry, a $60 billion price tag. Or I guess not price tag, but spend, consumer spend. And that's um, that's a significant number for a fairly new industry as, as we are here in pets. So this whole podcast is really a, a way of connecting, you know, making that connection from that big, giant number that is hard to even visualize down to who are the people responsible for creating those products and those solutions and writing those books and doing doing those speaking engagements and you know down on the uh, the people on the front lines volunteers and and advocates anyone that's working with pets they're doing something to contribute to that big 60 billion dollar number and doing something to contribute to our very wonderful health and growing a growing economy behind pets and so today is no different and i i always you know I've had amazing guests. If you've been listening, then you know we've had, you know, these just people who I have literally cried during some of the podcasts because these people are empowering and I feel like they want to make me be a better person, both as a pet owner and as a business owner, as a mentor, as a student, as a, an educator, as a learner. And I hope that um, as you've been listening, that you have some of those same, some of those same urges and feelings because I don't know, what else is there in life? It's right. It's just about like being human and having the human experience. And if you can attach that to something that you feel so powerful and are so, so passionate about, then it's really the, the recipe for life. So today uh, I actually have a guest who I think embodies all of the things that I just rambled on about. My guest today, her name is Candace Candy. Candace is a pet parent expert, and she's also the founder of a local Chicago business here, which I love, called Dogaholics. She opened up Dogaholics back in 2006, and since then, it's become one of the premier daycare, boarding, grooming, training, nutrition, and of course, retail businesses here, like I said, in Chicago. She just wrote her first book. It's called Don't Give Up on Family, Even If They're Furry, and it was released this past summer. And so today, we're going to talk to Candace about her journey both as an entrepreneur and also as an author on today's podcast. So folks, we'll be right back. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hardworking ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. 
Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we are back from our break here at Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. I'm Jamie McDowell. I'm your host. And as I introduced at the top of the show, I have a wonderful guest with me here today, Miss Candace Canty. Welcome, Candace. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for having me, you say. <laughs> this is my honor to have you. I, I, you know, we've known each other for a long time, and I mm-hmm. still have not wrapped my brain around the fact that you wrote a book. <laughs> you wrote a book. Yes, I, I wrote a book in all my spare time. <laughs> I well, listen, that's a whole other thing. We'll get to that. We'll figure out how the heck you did that. But it's kind of, I mean, you did it. I mean, I feel like it's the quintessential statement that anyone, that most people, I feel like at least intelligent people, at some point in their life, they say, you know, I'm going to write a book. I want to write a book, including myself, by the way. And I feel like so many people I know. And the fact is that you actually did it. How did that happen? What was the deciding moment where you went from saying, I want to write a book to actually starting with that first step? And what was that first step? So it's really kind of an interesting process because I am not a huge book reader. I don't, I have had never had a desire to write a book. <laughs> so it's really funny that, that it is usually most people do want to write a book. But for me, I came to a point where I knew it would, as a business and as a brand, help establish credibility for me in a marketplace where it wasn't even, you know, where it can be very cluttered sometimes, right? So that was one of the reasons was I knew a book would help give me credibility and also be a totally different platform to get my message out there. And yes, I'm the owner of Dogaholics, which is, you know, a lot of different things, but I also again, in the career path, would wanted to create a pathway for me personally, Candace Canty, to have opportunities outside of my brick and mortar space. And so that's really kind of the initial start of why I wanted to write a book. And it got really, then once I knew I wanted to write a book, it was really, what do you want to write about, right? <laughs> and figuring out what the message it was and really honing in on the fact of like, what was my my why, what pisses me off, right? Like, what is it that I would really want to tell everybody? And it kind of got down to then the title of the book, which I'm not sure if you shared it or not. Of course, I, <laughs> of course I shared, of course I shared. But I think, wait, can I, I want to just highlight something you said. I want to go back to it. And you said, which I love the honesty behind it, what really pisses me off? Right? I mean, what an interesting way to come about to really being motivated to write the book. Yes, of course, there's the, you know, you have this concept of building your brand and also designing another kind of a secondary, establishing a secondary, I want to call it career, but identity for yourself as a professional. Does it piss you off that much? Don't give up on your family, even if they're furry, right? So that's the name of our book. Well, so right, what, but it's really, what is this? right, yeah. Yeah, so the name of the book is Don't Give Up on Family, Even If They're Furry, Why Your Dog's Bad Behavior Is Your Fault. And that is in your book. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not pulling and any punches there at all. No, no, I'm not. And I mean, really, honestly, it's not even a dog training book. Cause I'm not a dog trainer, but I have been in the industry for over 10 years and I've helped thousands and thousands of pet parents with different dog issues and, and been around a lot of different, different people and their pets. 
And one of the things that I, you know, hear about all the time is owner relinquishment or the dogs are even, they're always like, oh, it's my dog's fault or my dog won't change or, oh, he came to me that way or, you know, they give up. People give up and they're, they're not the patients that they need. And I really kind of felt like maybe a lot of even the dog training classes or programs that are out there are very much like, you know, I don't know if anyone has the guts to say it to people's face. It's really like, it's really your, you're the problem. <laughs> you know, like it's not your dog's fault. And so that's kind of where I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to that place and tell people that it really is. Like we are the ones who made the choice to bring them into our lives. And we also are the ones who have to make the choices for them because dogs can't make choices like we can. So we have to make the right choices for them. Unless you're my colleague who, when sees a loaf of bread on the counter, makes a choice to jump up and grab it. That's a pretty good yeah. choice. But I digress. Continue on, please. Yeah. To your point. Right. Exactly. I mean, they can. Right. They make choices. But. Right. So, so but on the flip side was once I then again started thinking about what was going to be in this book, you know, because all of all, books all evolve, you know, it starts with be one way. Because it really kind of was going to be a dog training book. And then it totally turned into a human training book. Because what happened was then not only is why is your dog's bad behavior your fault. It's because I am pretty much like a huge contradiction here, I realized. It's like here I have this dog business. But, you know, big secret to everybody is that I had bad dogs. You know? Yeah, like, well, that's, I that's commonplace. I mean, that's, so, that's, that's the cobbler's shoes or what have you. That's very commonplace yeah, in our industry. Yeah. And I guess sometimes they're still going to get a little out of control. You know, who doesn't write? But... But, you know, I think what it got to the point was it's like once I started working with them on some of the issues, I hired a trainer, I got the help. Once I started working on some of the issues I was having with them, I saw pretty quickly because I made a commitment to doing that and I worked daily on it and I recommitted even when I had setbacks and all that we talk about in the book. And I just saw this uh, ripple effect, though, through my whole life in every area. And I thought... Hmm. Okay. I know that there's chaos in our lives and I know that there are consequences to chaos and I'm seeing that with my dogs and now my dogs are listening to me because I'm actually paying attention to them and committing to that. I wonder what else in my life would change if I started paying better attention to it, got committed again to it. And it had a ripple effect. It had ripple effect through my physical health. Once I started working with my dogs, I realized that they needed more exercise rights. So I started running with my dog. And then because of that, I lost a bunch of weight. I actually lost 50 pounds. And because Amazing. of that, my emotional Amazing. yeah, my emotional health improved. And because of that, my love relationship changed and improved. And so all these things had a ripple effect because I got committed to my dog. And they're the easiest thing we can commit to because they don't judge us, right? So they're not going to be upset if you get off track or don't do it the right way. Like maybe people would judge you. So this is a really good place to start to really work on building a better life for yourself and for your pets because you are responsible for them. So really what this is, if I can put it into a different term or if I can kind of, I'm trying to illustrate it in my own mind. Your thesis, um, the platform here is that dogs are a gateway to a better life. Yes. I mean, that's kind of what I, I would just peel everything back and say, you found a way to message that. You found... That's some, so clear. I should use that in my marketing. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad to help. Um, but you, you really, you found there was almost a formula. I, I don't know if I would use the word formula. I'm not sure if you would use the word formula. But what I'm hearing you talk about is that, you know, there are, uh, there's a body of principles that you applied. And, and like you said, it, you saw those same, same principles. So let me, let me ask you, did you, in writing the book or researching the book or working with, did you work with other experts, like other kind of like coaches, like whether they're health coaches or... 
you know, like I have an executive coach I work with and he helps me work through all sorts of processes and helps me to like reframe things and change my behavior. So did you work with people like that or did you, did you have these lessons yourself because of things in your own life and things through owning the business? How did you land on some of these concepts? Well, yeah, I definitely, you know, the book was written probably about two years after having gone through a lot of that change in my life. And so there definitely were a lot of different factors, whether that was like the dog trainer working with, working with my pets and then moving through, reminding myself even that I, you know, still need to be learning all the time and I should be learning for myself in my own business and in my life. And so, yeah, I got into some um, interesting programs that, you know, whether you want to call them personal development or career development, different opportunities that were in front of me. And it really just opened up, opened up my mind and opened up new relationships and new opportunities. And so with the the book itself, no one really helped me through that part of the process. I think it really was, it is, it's my stories of moving from what I like to say, a dogaholic (laughs) to being a great pet parent and how committing to my pet had a ripple effect through the rest of my life. It definitely is a some pretty, it's not basic concepts, but one of the things about the book is it's almost like a workbook too. After in every chapter, there are, there are sections where you think about kind of what I've shared and you can journal in the book and um, kind of think about your own life in general. You don't even have to have a dog to really benefit from the book, but, and at the end of each chapter, there are like pet parent bonding activities that kind of correspond to some of the, what the, you know, what each chapter is talking about. So it sounds to me, and and this is my thought before, and it's even more so now that you said the things you just said, it sounds to me that part of this process that you went through in order to get to the place where you felt that you were in a place to write the book and you had some of the tools and some of the experiences that went into that, it sounds like part of it is really about getting ready or being willing to be vulnerable, which I think for entrepreneurs is a really hard thing. I think that's one of our toughest mm-hmm. things to face is being vulnerable because we're supposed to have the answers and we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to take it all on the chin and we're supposed to be, we're supposed to not be the people who aren't going to buckle under the pressure. And so I really, you know, I'm really touched by the fact that you, you know, without going to detail, went through some of these things where you had to kind of expose yourself and your vulnerabilities and build things back up. And that's what I'm hearing you say. I'm reading between the lines. Am I right? Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's easy for, you you can look at any business owner or anybody even, and, you know, the grass is always greener concept or, you know, thinking that their life seems perfect. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. social media is is a perfect example of that. You know, people always love to post good stuff, but they don't even have any idea what you might be struggling with. And so, yeah, I think definitely for the book, I had, I have really had to say like, listen, just because I own this business doesn't mean I have great dogs. And and I also, just because I am married doesn't mean I have a great marriage, you know? So I kind of went into a lot of that. So yeah, I had to be, if I was going to share my stories and tell what I went through, then you had to hear my stories too. So yeah, I had to be, and it's it's scary because I'm like, okay, I'm writing this and all my customers are going to, not all, but mm-hmm. you know, those two are going to read it. And, you know, my competition might see this or my, you know, my employees are going to read this. What are they going to think? And so, yeah, there's definitely a bit of that. I so much honor that in you. And I, I really, you know, I really respect that. I do. It's probably the most incredible thing a person can do is expose themselves and and just put it out there and, and see what it comes back from that. Speaking of coming back, we're going to uh, take, <laughs> you like how I did that? Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break, um, listen to some sponsor messages. Uh, you guys can go to the bathroom. You can let your dogs out for a real quick walk or at least in the backyard. 
And then when we come back, Candice, you and I are going to talk more about, um, I want to talk a little bit more about just entrepreneurship in general, how you, you know, just started Dogaholics and some of the lessons and things that went along with that. So everybody, we'll be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friends. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Okay, we're back with Candice. Candice and I have been having, as you can hear, a very, I think, illuminating and honest and I think heart-to-heart conversation about vulnerabilities and about dogs and about uh, life choices and about not being passive in your life and about if you're a pet owner and you're a dog owner in particular, how to look at that relationship and if needed, make some changes and then those changes uh, ideally lead to even bigger changes throughout your life. So this is um, a really interesting concept. You know, I think the book itself is amazing and uh, I have a signed copy. Or do I have a signed copy? I think I do. Or at least I'm getting one. I don't know. If I don't, Candace, you know what? You definitely owe me a signed copy. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I demand a signed copy. I think I signed up for one at your open house and I think I'm maybe, well, wh- whatever. At the end of the day, I'm getting a signed copy. That's right. I think your materials, by the way, in fact, after I left your open house for the book, I brought your materials back to my office and showed everybody. You have branding down to a T, your Dogaholics brand, uh, everything from the colors to the logo. I mean, really, so I, listen, we look at dog company logos all the time over here. It's one of really what we do. <laughs> and yours really stands out to me. How, like, how did you get to the place that you knew how to be unique and stand out in the marketplace? Well, it did take a little, it took, I mean, I, I just rebranded, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, the business is nine years old and I only rebranded in year eight. So it took, me, it took me a while to, you know, I thought my first look was interesting when I first started Doug Hall, like the, the old look has this kind of like old English Gothic font. It was kind of like a tattoo. And the reason I started that was because I didn't want men to feel uncomfortable in, in the dog boutique because at the time I felt like a lot of dog boutiques were really girly and kind of playing on that. And so I wanted to just have a comfortable place for everybody. But then, and because of the name, it's a little more edgy. But then, you know, in year eight, I guess, and again, after all this change in my life and, and moving through a divorce and get kind of re-excited again about the next phase of my life, 
I was thinking about the business and I'm like, either I walk away or I get reinvigorated and we do this, you know, we go bigger. And I decided to get reinvigorated into it and um, do some rebranding. It was that. It was then thinking about, okay, well, what's bigger? What does that look like? And it's like, well, we need to have, you know, the difference, differentiation between even the name of the business and even why I started it is dogaholic, right? That's the person. Not the dog. Not, we're not like I think maybe a lot of even my um, competition would tend to say that they're like a health food store for dogs, or that they are the place you can get all your dog needs. Well, it's like well here I really was even initially that I didn't have the messaging right initially, but the initial concept was to really have a community of pet parents who can support each other, and and then we are a resource for the pet parents because dogs do think our lives better, right? And so we can help dog behaves better or have help the parent pick the right stuff and the owner's life will be better, right? The parent's life will be better. And well, I assume that's how you also grew the business because you started with a retail store, if I, you know, for folks who live in Chicago, I would say Armitage, but that doesn't matter. But you started with a retail store. You added all of the other verticals on as you grew the company. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So it started with retail and I was going to have, uh, I wanted to have multiple retail locations. So I opened a second location and then I um, had an opportunity to move that location and then turn the other space into a doggy daycare. Then we had grooming and training classes and we got the boarding now as well. And then with the book, now we've got the book and we've got some branded toys and now I'm, you know, I'm working on some other interesting projects. And so it's always about growing, but yeah, so the branding kind of was just all, all tied into that too. So have, when you introduced new things, so let's say you, so you introduced um, daycare and boarding and grooming and training, how did you make the decisions? Was it more about demand? Were people asking or did you just see it as an opportunity to add another revenue stream? How did you approach that? You know, kind of what's happened with my business has been a reaction to outside factors almost, you know, and it's either a matter of you, and I think that's, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to express too, is like being in business for as long as I've been able to and see, and going through the recession and going actually through a lot of really difficult um, situations is in, in the business and personally, but is being able to handle the unexpected and not letting it bring you down. And you've got to just move forward, you know, and figure out, figure out the next you know, whatever plan B is going to be. But I think in that, it was, I had, something had to happen. It was like, a ha- I just was faced with the decision. I either had to, let's say like with the, with the boutique, or sorry, the, even the service business. I had two boutiques. I was struggling. It was 2009, so the beginning of 2009. And my armature location wasn't doing well because they just ripped up the water main on the in front of my business. Uh, two huge signs on the side of my sidewalk that said, don't walk on the sidewalk. <laughs> you know, so it's a kind of how people are going to get into my shop. I had just come through the store then on Southport was also struggling because we had opened kind of in winter and I was told that the big grocery store next to me was going to be torn down and they were going to close the sidewalk in front of my other store as well. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I can either close. I'm going to have to go where like or I'll never be able to pay my bills if no one's walking in my business or walking in front of my business. Or I can, so I moved my existing store that was going to, that's next to the, well, I moved the store that was next to the big grocery store across the street because I knew everyone was going to be walking on the other side of the street then. <laughs> so I moved the store, which was not oh. easy to you know, repaint and move and not get new staff and do that in about three days, not be closed for too long either for revenue. And so I did that. And then because I probably was intimidated by my landlord, and of course they had signed a contract, 
I knew I wasn't going to be able to get out of my lease at the other space next to the grocery store. And fortunately, it did have a lot of outdoor space. And we started surveying our customers before I made the move. I started surveying all my client base to see if they would be willing to do doggy daycare if they had a need for it. So kind of expanded again out of an like unforeseen idea. So originally, I was just really wanted to be in retail. But then because of that, I'm kind of outside circumstances of construction and being tied to a lease that I saw an opportunity to expand into services. And then it kind of all (laughs) grew from there. It was crazy. So there's a pattern, I think, in terms of your entrepreneurial style, if I can call it that, which is really, if you think about it, probably one of the number one things that entrepreneurs should keep in mind, business owners should keep in mind, is about always keeping your eyes open and always looking for plan B. And also taking advantage of it when it happens and not, and even though it might be scary or it might be poor timing or too expensive or whatever those, whatever those things are that keep us from following our dreams, find a way to have an answer for those things and just keep moving forward. And I feel like, and this ties back into the book, I feel like you probably applied some of those same things that at the time I would imagine were painful and scary. And yet you just head down, just went for it, did it, kept on creating, kept on amassing customers, kept on, you know, growing the the brand and, and adding services. It's I feel like the book is kind of like in line with that. I feel like you, you know, this was like even though you had gone in addition to the fact that you'd gone through some personal challenges and some and doing some growth activities outside of your store and outside of your business, but it sounds like to me at least, this all there's like this really for the first time really since I've known you, I feel like I see this this picture and this trajectory and it makes a lot of sense to me right now like I never heard I never knew your story about you know I remember you know about the Armitage location and not being able to walk on the side of the street I mean think about the metaphor there's like this interesting metaphor in your life Candace right the street is closed in front you can't get there what do you I mean this is really interesting like you actually had a situation twice where people were like you were unavailable but yet you found a way to make yourself available and that's kind of one of the best lessons or messages that I think that I think you have to offer people and uh, I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you have yeah you know I, I um yeah I, I think you know it was recently I had said um, somebody and I I, it might be my title of my next book, but I don't know. <laughs> but it's, you know, don't run away, find a better way. And don't run away, find I a better really way. Oh my gosh, what, wait, yeah. let's have a moment. Let's just have a moment. When someone says something that's that meaningful and that, that powerful, I think we need to have a moment just to think about that for a second. So don't run away, find a better way. Wow. I'm just sorry. I, I have said it to me because there are, you know, I'm not going to lie here. There are definitely times where I have thought about walking away from alcoholics, right? Of Things course, get too hard as an entrepreneur. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'll just, you know, it's a profitable business. Let's just sell it and walk away. <laughs> yep, yep. And even when it wasn't profitable, but I'm like, I, I was, I didn't know I walk away when it wasn't profitable. I should, <laughs> I should, I should stick around and see what happens. But I kind of then was like feeling like, and even in my marriage, I can look back at it and I can think, at the time, I needed to, it made sense to leave. But then I look back at kind of what happened. It happened so quickly. I do think in that scenario that I did run away. I didn't find a better way. I was like, this is it. I'm done. See ya, you know? And I then started thinking about, do I want to react that way in everything I do? No, I don't. And so when I had the last crossroads with Dogaholics, I thought, is this me running away? Or do I just really want to just find a better way? 
And this so reminds about how to do something. Mm-hmm. This reminds me a little bit about, and certainly there's a very different message, and I'm not making a, an actual comparison, but the Sheryl Sandberg message of leaning in, right? Which is all about, you know, there's discomfort in your job. There's maybe it's an ideal or whatever, whatever is going on. But you know what? Lean into all of that stuff. And from there, you're going to have a completely different outcome if you hadn't made that choice. And that's, again, what I'm hearing you say. You're very wise, Candice. <laughs> you're very wise. I mean, you really are. You're very insightful. You've obviously done a lot of work on yourself. And I think that's a big factor to success and growth. I think that, you know, you can be successful as it comes to dollars and cents. But I think that, you know, the success really comes from within and the fact that you've invested in yourself and that you've, you know, you've taken the the chance to be vulnerable and to explore different areas of your own life. I personally find that to be one of the most important and certainly something that I admire in you quite a bit, way beyond the dog stuff and the, and the entrepreneurial stuff, I think, just as a human being in this or on this earth, you know, we owe that to ourselves and we owe that to our community to take some time and look at that stuff, even when it, it's ugly or doesn't feel good. And you've really done that. And now you're, you know, empowering dog owners to do that through their dogs and have, like you said, a ripple into their own lives. And you're just a great ambassador for that. So I thank you so much for what you bring to the community and for, of course, you know, spending time with me here today. It's a real great honor to be talking to you. I want to make sure that before we are having to say goodbye, can you please do me a favor and just go ahead and ramble off if you wouldn't mind your, you know, the the website name, the book name and where people can get the book and maybe Facebook, Twitter, anything that you want to share. And by the way, we'll have all of this information on, on our website at Pets Mean Business. But um, I think if you want to just go ahead and put some of that out there for folks who have a yeah. chance to write it down, go for it. Sure. Well, there's a lot of places you can find it. The easiest place to write down is CandiceCanty.com and that's C-A-N-D-A-C-E-C-A-N-T-Y.com. Um, you can also find it at dogaholics.com and it's on Amazon and Kindle. Okay, great. And if people want to reach you directly and ask you some questions about some of this important work or questions in general, how can they find you? What Do you like Twitter? Do you like email? What, what do you prefer? You know, probably, yeah, I guess email is the best. Okay, and who's, who's that? Yeah, my email is uh, C-A-N-D-A-C-E at D-O-G hyphen A hyphen H-O-L-I-C-S dot com. Okay, so Candace at Dogaholics with the hyphens where they belong dot com. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Very that's long, right. yeah. <laughs> and again, we'll have all of your data, all of your digits, all of your stuff there on Pets Mean Business and Pet Life Radio Network website. So, and of course, we'll you know make sure everyone hears this and we'll get this out across different channels and because people need to hear your message and hear what's going on and then buy your book. And then I'll allow you, oh, no, you have a lot of great things to say. I really, I feel it. And I'm sure everyone who listens will feel it. So thank you so much for joining me today, Candice. It's been truly a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Has it been a pleasure for you? Has it been a pleasure? I know. Let's do it again. Let's definitely do it again. Um, All right, everybody. You just listened to me, Jamie Megdahl, your host on Pets Mean Business. Talk to my friend and colleague, Candace Candy of Dogaholics. And of course, her wonderful book that I am waiting for my signed copy, Don't Give Up on Family, Even If They're Furry. Amazing stuff. Okay, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Go pet your dogs and love on your cats and go smell some fresh air. Have a good one. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.